0: Welcome to Dead House Oh, that was beautiful <laughs> Solid timing uh, I am Dylan I'm Nathan And I apologise if my voice is a little off I'm still recovering from a sinus infection You're a bit of a pony Yeah, yeah I think this is the second time since we've had a podcast That I've I've had goddamn sinus infection See, I thought it was annual But that's twice in a year What's happening? You just got Spring. a weak, weak immune system Eat more fucking veggies or something, I don't know Yeah <laughs> uh, How have you been? We haven't seen each other for over a week What's happening?
1: I told you before, man, I got nothing Very this little is, This has been a very little week I don't think I've done anything of note since the last time we recorded Yeah, that's it's fair been, It's been a little boring Pretty stock standard Yeah Run of the mill week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But mm. you, you've been a busy man We tried recording this on Sunday, but you were sick Yeah, well Then rescheduled we it to Monday Also
0: sick Sick at work, so here we are on Wednesday Yes, recording a little late in the evening I uh, got a little stitched up at work, but uh, it's all good Speaking of work, I actually um, I'll be starting a new role soon. So I uh, got not really a promotion; it's like a sidestep in a uh, a leadership role uh, at the same company. So it'll be interesting in a different department. Try and flex some skills over there. But as long um, as it comes with more money. Yeah. So got that to look forward to next week. And um, you know what I did do over the weekend? What did you do? Watch a lot of movies <laughs> because I uh, couldn't <laughs> do much else. And you know what I finally got around to? They live. Do they? I. Please tell me you. you know what They Live is. I've heard of it. What okay. is that movie? Please tell it's, me. It's like a an 80s sci-fi horror. Um, is that The Bees? No, no, no. They, okay. they find... Th- they, the Ants? Is it The Ants? The, the main guy, like, finds this box of sunglasses, and when he puts them on, all the, like, upper-class city folk are aliens. What the? And, like, all the billboards and the magazines and all this, like, propaganda around the city turn out to be, like, just... Like it's unfiltered Like you put them on And the world goes Into black and white And like a big You know Billboard will just say Obey Or consume (laughs) Things like that And all these people Down the street Will have like Skull face Looking heads And like Beady alien eyes And
1: Is that what it's like To have polarized sunglasses? Oh
0: I guess so (laughs) But um that's why Hunger people are freaking out because everyone's just a fucking alien. But uh, it that was sounds cool. cool. It
1: sounds like like a like a Twilight Zone episode.
0: Yeah, it was like a little cheesy. It was eighties. Like a lot, of the effects were a little cheesy, but like technically, it was done really well. But it was John Carpenter.
1: Oh, there you go. Which ties what in a, with this. What episode. a bloody good segue that is, eh?
0: That's right. So this episode is going to drop in the lead up to Halloween. So we thought we would get in the spirit, and we are of course tackling. Gremlins. The OG, <laughs> the OG Halloween by the man John Carpenter. Yes, 1978. I adore this film. I mean, another one a, from my a, top five. This is officially the the first of the top five yeah. movies. This is my second after The Exorcist. Scheiser. <laughs> but yeah, man, Halloween has kind of like changed horror. Really? Like mm-hmm. uh, it did a lot. Um, Given it like it, it ha-
1: kind of has the rep- reputation of being the one, not that created the slasher genre, but like heavily popularized and set the standard. Yeah, because obviously Psycho is kind of the like viewed as the first slasher movie. Yeah, it's got a slasher. Yeah, but yeah. then I oh, think what's the other one? Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Yeah, Black Christmas it was is, early '70s. Is cited as like one of the first. Mm. But then this is the one that everyone looked down as like, all right, this is what a slasher movie is, and mm. it sets up the standards that then go on to be, like, parodied by Scream 10 years or 20 years later. Yeah,
0: one of those timeless examples. And I've actually heard a few people that were involved with the making of this deem it a stylish slasher. Stylish? Which I can kind of see that. I mean, he's wearing a boiler suit. That's pretty stylish. (laughs) Was just the fact that it's, like, so technically shot on such a, uh, like, cheap budget with, um, you know, just the, the resources that they had available, they really uh, focused on, I guess, the camera side of things as opposed to putting in heaps of effort into the props and Mm -hmm. um, the set design and everything.
1: I never realised how... Like this was a low budget movie. Mm. It just never occurred to me because I thought it was just one of those classics. Like oh yeah, studio probably put money into it. But no, yeah. What was it was like three hundred thousand or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a budget of three hundred to three hundred twenty thousand. Okay. It seemed a little ambiguous, uh, but it went on to make seventy million at the 70 box office. So million dollars. Yeah, it took a while to get there. Uh, it looked like it's a bit of a sleeper hit at first, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't have enough money to sort of like evenly distributed and and put too much into marketing. So a lot of it was just word of mouth. And it probably helped that it was released just before Halloween in nineteen seventy eight. So I mean it'd be really unfortunate or just bad
1: marketing. It was like all right we've got a movie called Halloween. It's about a killer on Halloween. Takes mm. place on Halloween. Let's let's release it like April thirteenth, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean didn't they drop like The Exorcist on Boxing Day or something like that? Yeah, but pretty, that, pretty that's funny. fine. It's all good. That's not a,
1: necessarily a, a Halloween or a Christmas movie or anything.
0: Yeah. I feel like they do that like with every Halloween sequel, though. They try to drop it in late October. Just to capitalize on sales well, I think now. I think they
1: sort of, whether it was on purpose or not, timed it to have a, a sequel or another movie come out on the 10-year anniversary. The only one that sort of didn't was Rob Zombie's Halloween. It was like the year before and after. Yeah, okay. Like 2006 and 8 or 7 mm.
0: and 9. When it's like a seasonal horror film, it would definitely be easier to plan your sequels or at least your marketing strategy around that. Mm. But uh, yeah, directed by John Carpenter, co-written by the man himself with Deborah Hill, who mm. uh, I don't know if they ended up together by the end of the film or whether that's how she got on board was because they were seeing each other. And they also wrote Halloween 2 together, which uh, John Carpenter, at least, famously disliked. He regrets yeah, odd, that film he, very much. He didn't direct.
1: Did he direct any others other than the first one?
0: Uh Oh, I can't remember if he directed the second one as well. I know he definitely wrote it because it takes place like immediately after the first one. Yeah. But we spoke about this in the sequels episode and why I didn't enjoy it because he doesn't even have a proper knife. Like for starters. <laughs> just stalking hospital corridors with a scalpel and Jamie Lee Curtis, fucking Laurie Strode, is like unconscious for half of it. So you can see why. But um, yeah, man. I love this film so much. And even just like getting in the mood for this, like watching it early in the week and hearing that fucking theme, <laughs> that opening score, I was grinning like an idiot. It's... The theme that plays
1: heavily throughout the movie every time you see
0: him. It's yeah. that theme. Makes me so happy. It's one of the most iconic film scores in general, I think. It's been mm-hmm. sampled in so many other things as well. Um, most notably, uh, Murder Inc by Dr. J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> or at least he recreates it. Also, um, our intro, right? Our intro, yeah. yeah. Right. That's more notable. That's right. Um, and I've actually got it. I want to say it was like 40th anniversary edition of the score on like orange vinyl, which is so sick. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, of course, starring Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. And this was a debut feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe she was in a like TV show, Operation Petticoat, and this was like the off season for that. Um, okay. And she is, of course, Janet Lee's daughter, which uh, was yep. part of the reason yep. she got the role, uh, given that she had no like film feature experience. John Carpenter was like, "Hey, this is
1: going to be a hit. We need someone who's going to make it hit." Yeah. And Janet Lee's daughter.
0: Yeah. Hitchcock, obviously, a big influence of his, and uh, Donald Pleasance, uh, who. In this is called Sam Loomis, Dr. Sam Loomis. Mm -hmm. And Sam Loomis is, of course, the the boyfriend's name in Psycho. Mm -hmm. So definitely paying his homage there, which I thought was awesome. Um, Nick Castle as The Shape uh, and Tony Moran as Unmasked Michael Mm -hmm. when he's an adult on top of the stairs. Uh, I think I heard in an interview that they wanted someone that looked quite angelic um, to play... Michael Myers when the mask is removed so it's it, I think the idea was they didn't want it to be someone you could relate to okay. so they wanted it to be like a very attractive person which kind of you're is,
1: saying I can't relate to a very attractive person <laughs> I'm hurt
0: uh, and they wanted that to be like an, a stark contrast I guess to I guess the abhorrent killings um when he's masked and um Nick Castle weirdly enough went on to direct Major Payne
1: I <laughs> found fucking strange. Okay, that's I was I'm not expecting um, that one.
0: Yeah, but uh, and interestingly as well, Newcastle was just a friend of Carpenter's who lived down the street of where they were filming um, in in Pasadena, and uh, he just asked John if he could be like on set and hang around to get like experience as an aspiring director. And at that point, they hadn't uh, locked anyone in to to play Michael or the shape. So he's like, "Oh well, why don't you make stuff useful and <laughs> put on this mask? Yeah, put on this fucking these mechanics overalls and this mask and just walk from this side of the yeah, street." to I the Yeah, I mean, other.
1: it's such a like a simple role to play. It'd be like kind of a first actor's dream. Mm. Like you get the big exposure of being in a movie yeah. without actually having to like carry it.
0: <laughs> well, I think there was a lot of rumors afterwards that um, he was like naturally good at it because his. Father was a famous choreographer or something like that. Okay, but in interviews, Nick is like, "No, that's bullshit." John was literally just like, "Just walk. Like, don't move your arms. Don't act. Don't use body language. Just be still and and natural." Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, one of the the things that is uh, most unnerving, I think, about Michael Myers, the villain, is just the the slow walk, the steady breathing. Like he, if he ever like moves suddenly it's striking like a snake. they like lurk in the shadows. Like and... very
1: slow to then very quick. Yeah, but then yeah. then just slow again like powerful.
0: Yeah, and just like unpredictable as well. Like almost every Halloween film, there's a-, a scene where they think they've killed him. He gets shot or stabbed or something like that. And he's just like limp on the ground for ages. Someone will like turn around to talk to someone, <laughs> look back and he's gone. Like he's just, he's an opportunist. Yep, yep. And um I just find that so unsettling. Like you never hear him speak to my knowledge in any of the installments and um, yeah just the fact that he's massacring people in public view and just calmly breathing it like, doesn't even raise his for heart rate
1: seemingly no no reason yeah it's depending on what oh, movie you it.
0: watch <laughs> i love it um, but yeah $300,000 budget to make 70 million Um, I'm not sure where it sits in the ranking now, but at the time it was the most profitable independent film ever. Okay. It was pretty sick.
1: yeah, I definitely don't think it, uh, is near the top anymore. Mm,
0: Well, this is seventies money. So if they were to adjust for inflation, I don't know, but, Mm. um, yeah, pretty sick. And, uh, much of the crew were, were friends and, um, even like some of the actors were helping like cut equipment around and um, help out the crew with, with shifting gear and setting up um, props and sets and things. Like, even Nick Castle was paid $25 a day um, for his role, which became one of the most iconic $25 a day. $25 a day. When you think about it, he was just walking. Like, he yeah, yeah. had no lines, no movement, really. Did he get residuals? Was that in his contract? Surely. <sighs> Surely there's been, like... Like renegotiation, yeah. Then he would have
1: for sure renegotiated, like sued something like that.
0: When they saw like the juggernaut they would created, they they probably revisited a lot of the original like finances. But I think he was also recast by um, David Gordon Green in the new Halloween trilogy at times. Okay, I don't I don't know if he was unmasked Michael in like Halloween Ends, mm. but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he at least had cameos, um, which is sick. But yeah, so a bit of background: how it came to be. Um, producer Erwin J. had an idea for a horror. Um, from what I understand, he was a, not a, a horror critic, but he would—he um, he was like somewhat of a distributor, and he would uh, authorize screenings to different cinemas of independent films. And um, he had the idea of like these babysitter murders, um, so it could relate to. Everyone, because he's like, everybody watching this has either been a babysitter, I guess in small town America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or has been babysit. Sure. um, And with a lot of kid characters as well. Um, And he also said, like, having it set on Halloween would have made it logistically easier to film and have a simpler concept to digest because Mm -hmm. it's one night of the whole year. Yeah. So, I think that simplicity obviously worked to its favor, given the fact that it's really just... A man with a knife on a killing spree. There's and also that's the extent of it. Yeah. There's
1: also something like I don't know, almost easy but beautiful about making a movie that, like, if it turns out to be good, on a holiday or mm. an event. So it just means people are going to watch it every year. Like, yeah, exactly. Like people exactly. watch Christmas movies every year. I mean, Alex is what Alex watches like twenty-seven of them every year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you watch a Halloween movie every year. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is there any Easter movie?
0: Um. There's like Easter. Fucking kids or family movies But like a horror about. movie an Let's Easter make an Easter Is there movie. an Easter horror movie? Surely. I'm sure there's got to be Like some shitty There'd one some there would be some like C grade
1: Yeah Easter bunny Like if, if there's a horror movie About Winnie the Pooh <laughs> Then there's a horror movie About the Easter bunny That's true And the Grinch as well Like oh, I mean there to be some shitty ones
0: I feel like we've mentioned On this pod before But Darkness Falls The Tooth Fairy one That's pretty gnarly Gave Oh yeah but that,
1: that's A stretch to call that Tooth Fairy Like it's It's a witch Yeah okay Just had a fair.
0: nickname Of the Tooth Fairy Yeah But yeah and, um, I mean, they obviously have, like, that loose backstory where it's, it's in the first one, it's pitched that, you know, um, young Michael killed his sister for not taking him trick-or-treating when he was six, and then...
1: I, well, hold on. I don't think in the first one they they declare that. What do you mean? I think, well, in the first one, they don't give a reason at all. It's just... Like, you don't even realise it's a kid at the, in the opening until yeah. they take his mask off. But then it's not... Re- they don't say or anything about him because she didn't take him trick-or-treating, do they?
0: Oh, I just thought it was implied. Because she's like... You, you imply that? Because the parents are out and I... I th- I think they come back from a party or something And instead she's got like a boyfriend over Making yes. out
1: I mean if you want to imply that Then that's completely fine But I will not sit here and accept <laughs> I will <laughs> that not take this that Everyone Because I didn't I didn't get that I just thought he was fucking you crazy You just thought he
0: was like Trick or treating on his own Came home Found them making out And he's like I want to kill her I think That there isn't a
1: reason And that's what makes it scary Well that's Dr. Loomis' opinion It's just a I don't know how old he is Seven or six year old Ten How the fuck old he is six. Year old boy Yeah That just Snaps or turns or mm. gets doesn't doesn't get possessed, but like yeah. You know, well, Loomis is always have a reason. He's pure evil, evil incarnate. Nothing in his dead eyes. He's my favorite character, by the way. Like, which I'm sure he's
0: many people's favorite character. Yeah, he's very melodramatic, um, and obviously he played into that at you know Donald Pleasant's But when like, you watch interviews like behind the scenes, he did not enjoy this filming process. <laughs> like, he just thought this role was like beneath, beneath him. him. Yeah, well, um, I mean,
1: because they also wanted uh, originally they wanted what Christopher Sir Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing, but yeah, they both turned yeah. it down. Yeah, because again, it was b- beneath them. Essentially, was, was Christopher Lee Dracula? Or was it Christopher Lee was Dracula. Christopher yeah. Lee, yeah. Sir Christopher Lee, use his name with some respect. Mm. Uh, and I think he then has gone to say he very much
0: regretted not taking the role oh, yeah. later in life.
1: Yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing, on the other hand, probably didn't care as much later.
0: Well, I believe pleasant got paid twenty thousand for like a long weekend of filming. <laughs> nice. Um, that's the most they could afford. And why he bit the bullet and did it, I don't know. If he didn't enjoy it, he was <laughs> not a horror fan. But um, because he got twenty thousand dollars, but he, he <laughs> played it. Weekend. He played it well. Like just um, he reminds me a lot of Hooper in Jaws, where like he's the expert and the one that's most serious, but no one believes them.
1: Yeah. Well, like, I think I think he plays a very important part of the movie because he's the one that is, like, telling the audience that he is evil. Mm. Like, if you're just watching a man sort of go out and kill people, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a pretty bad guy. But then if you've also got a character that has studied him since he was a child, Mm. telling you he's evil and has completely lost faith, not faith, but, like, has completely lost any sense of even calling him a he and calls Mm. him it, then it's like, okay, well, there's clearly something fucked up about this guy then.
0: Just, like, stares at a wall in an insane asylum (laughs) for 15 years. Yeah. So there's got to be something questionable going on upstairs and uh but yeah so the legend in the story is he he comes back 15 years later on halloween night or well hallows eve and uh they don't sort of explicitly say whether it was like an accident of like the prison transport bus or whether like one of them sort of overtook the driver as like a breakout or something essentially all the all the convicts escape in a stormy night from the From the prison bus, and uh, Michael steals a car and can somehow drive it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, makes his way back to Haddonfield to go back to the old Myers house, and um, for some reason, hunts down these babysitters to kill Laurie Strode, and then it's revealed kind of awkwardly in the sequel that um, they're kind of... uh, She was adopted, and they're actually siblings. What's
1: your opinion on that? Are you okay with that? Or are you not okay with that?
0: I mean, I like that they gave it a reason because for years before I had seen Halloween Two, I, as much as I enjoyed the original, I was like, why is he targeting Laurie? Like, does she remind him of his sister, and that's why he wants to kill her? Okay, okay. But so this gave me like some kind of closure. to like, oh, okay, so he knows. That's why. Yet she's the. But how would he know? Yeah, I don't know because <laughs> it if just it, opens if more questions. Yeah, if it's fifteen years later, he's twenty-one, and she's like what. 18 or something, 17, 17, something like that. Yeah, in this, so I, I don't know because does he read like his record at the hospital? I he don't can't know. read, I <laughs> you drive a car. because, <laughs> um, because
1: I don't yeah. know, may, maybe it's my maybe it's like the new trilogy is not tainted but colored my um, viewing of the first one. Mm. But when I rewatched it, I didn't even get the sense that he was targeting Laurie specifically. Because Alex was saying, like, oh, like, why is he targeting her? Mm. And then I was like, oh, I don't think he's specifically targeting her. Like, he's he goes back to the Myers house and then he kills a bunch of people there. Yeah. And she just happens to be the one left alive at the end.
0: Yeah, that's he, true. He never
1: explicitly, like, I think, goes after her.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's more so a motive. I think you're right. It's kind of just because she's the one that got away. Because, like, he easily kills the friends. But mm. when it comes to... Laurie, they just have a bunch of close shaves and then he's kind yeah. of like, then that gives him a reason yeah, to be determined so like, yeah. to kill her. But
1: the first one is his wrong place, wrong time for her. But then after that, he's like, nah, that bitch yeah. is mine. Yeah,
0: no one escapes me. I think you're right. But yeah, I think just putting that like, filling that plot hole, I guess, in the sequel, I liked. I just, I think it's kind of... <laughs> Dumb yeah. <laughs> I feel well, like there's a better way They could have tied yeah. it in well, There's a that. reason
1: That then in the new trilogy They're just like No that's bullshit Let's Just ignore red-collar. that completely Never
0: happened Yeah But I mean You do have the classic um, Like Horror characters in here Like you've got the horny teens That one like mean friend The goofy like Dumb Borderline rapey boyfriend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all, the, all,
1: the, all the stereotypes All the cliques
0: Yeah And Jamie Lee Curtis Has like A relatively deep voice For her age in this Sure. I, I mean, don't know. It just always stood I, out. I, to I me. didn't get that. Some yeah. people
1: have deep voices. That's all right.
0: Yeah. But um, also, it was shot out of sequence. Uh, like so, most movies. Yeah. So, um, John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis created what they called a fear meter, I think. And that was so when they were shooting a scene, she could gauge how terrified she needed to act. Oh, okay. So, he'd be getting ready to, to roll and he'd be like, all right, this is about a six. You know oh, like d-
1: depending and... how far into the movie they're shooting Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. It, you're not acting scared enough for someone who has, you know, run through a house and seen three of your dead friends. Maybe tone it up
0: a little. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Let's talk a bit more about Michael. Let's talk about the shape. Yeah. Because
1: uh, yeah, he's not called Michael Myers in this movie at all, is he? It's just Michael. Slash well. The, and then he's credited as the shape. And then yeah, you find out later it's, it's Michael Myers. They... Yeah, oh no, it's, they it's, say it's the Myers house, don't they?
0: It's the Myers house um, and then there's the Judith Myers headstone So, you, and they refer to him as Michael. So you know his name is Michael Myers but when he's masked mm-hmm. and in the boiler suit, he's just the shape. Oh, like
1: even in the script, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: And it's only they only refer to him as Michael when he's not got the mask. So yep. for that like two second glimpse um, at the top of the stairs when Laurie rips his mask off, mm-hmm. that's um, like Tony Moran, I think it was credited as like unmasked Michael, or like it says Michael, like age twenty three, but fifteen years <laughs> later if he's six, he'd be twenty one. Yep. Um. Yeah, and then I think they've got like Michael as sixes, whoever the kid actor was. But, uh, yeah, I think think that's interesting. Um, not even giving him a name, mm. uh, really. And uh, it pl-
1: it plays more into that miss like. Mystique of oh, Just a killer Could be anyone mm. You know It's just some soulless Doesn't matter who it is Doesn't matter about a backstory It's just yeah. A hulking brute Trying to kill you
0: Yeah Just this unstoppable horse Which I think Carpenter was Inspired by The robot from Westworld Sorry I thought you said Unstoppable horse <laughs> <laughs> Unstoppable horse <laughs> um, uh, sorry, but Yeah, I- I Inspired by the The robot from Westworld Who's just kind of like This gunslinging, Okay Relentless robot you can shoot at and it just keeps coming kind of thing like Terminator and I don't know how to describe this but we said it before it's just such a simple concept and I think they kind of address it with tongue in cheek in the 2018 Halloween that acts as like a direct sequel where they refer to this happening like 40 years ago whatever and one of the granddaughter's friends is like, oh, it was just a dude with a knife that killed a bunch of people. Like, now <laughs> yeah. you've got
1: people shooting up schools. and Like, there was nothing special about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's just the manner in which he did it is, like, what stood out. Sure. Um, and, yeah, famously, the mask is the face of William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Captain, Kirk of, yeah, Captain Kirk from Star Trek. Captain Kirk. But I think it was spray-painted white with sideburns and the eyebrows ripped off. Yep. Um, and the idea was to just have, like, a blank featureless face to kind of reflect the lack of emotion that mm-hmm. the shape or Michael had.
1: wonder how fucking William Shatner feels about that. Yeah, just people yeah. using his face as, like, an uh, expressionless killer. Yeah, yeah. Killer.
0: Well, the guy that um who was sent to, like, a, a mask store by a carpenter to find the right one, because he didn't have anything in mind. I think at the time he just said, like, a blank face. Oh, okay. Uh, he went to a, a mask store, and the only ones he got was... Captain Kirk and, like, the kid's clown one that he has when he's six. Okay. And that was it. Um,
1: Is that why you reckon in Halloween Kills? No, Halloween Ends, The whatever his name is, had a clown mask? Oh, no, he had a Scarecrow mask. Sorry, ignore that. Scarecrow, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, fucking Corey. Yeah, Corey, yeah. Everyone's everyone's favourite part of that movie. Yeah, man, I don't know what they were going for. I guess it's to show that, like, the legacy lives on, even if it's not Michael, but, like, what the fuck?
1: We're not going to shit on that movie But I have thoughts
0: Um, The uh, opening was sick I'll give it that That, Oh yeah Like the opening sequence of Halloween ends Grips you
1: Yeah Uh, I'd I'd like to thank this movie And this franchise For just making my favourite joke in Baby Driver Mm -hmm. (laughs) They want Michael Myers' mask Oh (laughs) (laughs) They get the Mike Myers Mike Myers' (laughs) mask That's so good Austin
0: Powers Yeah That is great Yeah, Baby Driver is sick That was Edgar Wright wasn't (laughs) it It was No wonder That was a very cool movie Very original I enjoy that very much. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so like another interesting thing about Michael and I guess what I think is cool, that they differentiate between the shape and Michael Myers. Like when he's masked up in the mechanics overalls and he's killing people, he is the shape. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a different person because he kind of panics when his mask is removed. And that's the only yeah. time you see him show emotion.
1: Yeah, it, it it's like very much an indication that he is a broken... Man-child. Yeah. Like,
0: like they know who he is. They know it's Michael Myers. But as soon yeah. as you remove the mask, he's like, oh, it's, it's almost like... He has no sense of self without the mask. Yeah. and You could even, like, read into it and be like, oh, if he didn't sort of hide from himself, when the mask is removed, he's like, oh, look what I've done. I've killed all these people. Not that he would feel that because he's like a remorseless <laughs> killing machine. Sure, But I think if you want to look into it, like, as an identity crisis... I, yeah, think, sure. I think that's an interesting take. I mean, it's Alex, like it's not real until, you know, The Shape and Michael Myers are one.
1: Dylan, did you forget to plug the laptop in again? Oh, fuck. I'm what getting I, eyes that, that what says happened? you... It didn't die, did it? It didn't die, but I just saw Alex leaning oh. over ever so slightly and switching the power on. Thank you,
0: Alex. That could have been disastrous. <laughs> the Shining all over again. I think the name Michael Myers was taken from the guy who distributed... <laughs> Carpenter's previous film, Assault on Precinct 13 in London, where it became a hit okay. because it was bombing in America. Um, and as a tribute, like a thank you, he's like, well, I'm <laughs> going to call character of my next successful film, Michael Myers. That's a bit of a,
1: a reverse
0: of Wes Craven.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's bully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned that opening before, man. That's got to be one of my favourite parts of the whole movie because it's essentially done to look like one shot Mm -hmm. and the only reason that it wasn't was because they were running out of film trying to get the whole tracking shot up the stairs and everything Um, in this day and age it would have been just one shot but that's why they had the idea of picking the mask up off the ground putting that over the camera so then you're looking through the eye holes because Mm -hmm. then when it goes black they can cut the film Um, and then I think it's again at the top of the stairs when they like pan from left to right or something and um, they use, like, the darkness of the wall mm. to cut there again. So, yeah. it, it looks like one shot. Got those invisible cuts. Yeah. And um, even before that, like, that iconic opening scene where you've... Or, or the opening credits, sorry, where you've got, like, the slow zoom on the jack-o'-lantern with that orange font and that famous uh, score playing. Mm-hmm. Um, that 5-4 score, which... John Carpenter composed the score, by the way. Um, so he wrote, directed, and composed this uh, score, this film. When you've got no budget, um, you do everything yourself. Yeah, and he did that in three days, I believe. Jesus like, Christ. like, came up with the, the melody and recorded it. How does it. that make you feel? <sighs> now, that yeah, failure
1: <laughs> can make a, a, an iconic score like that in a weekend, and here yeah. we are.
0: Wild. Because um, I think he had the the rough cut of the film, played it to someone, and... Um, for a studio and they were like, That's not scary at all. So then he's like, All right, I gotta put the music to it. And that's when um, he got the idea. Apparently he was gifted bongos as as a kid from his okay. father, and he taught him the five four time signature. And because it's like naturally out of rhythm, it's kind of inherently unsettling. Sure. And just having it as a an eerie melody, um, just just works to its advantage.
1: And for those what what is five four time
0: signature? Uh well four four is when it's it's even beats. Mm-hmm. Um, five four, you add an extra beat so it doesn't, like, where the snare would hit, for example, um, that you can use to time bars would not fall in somewhere that is, like, pleasantly sounding. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the opening sequence when he's a kid, set in Haddonfield, in Illinois, um, and this was filmed in California. So <laughs> I think there's, like, a couple scenes you can see, like, palm trees in the background. Um, and I watched an interview with John Carpenter. And he's like, we did our best to, like, um, make the sets so there were things obstructing um, other stuff in this street. Because it was off like um, Sunset Boulevard or something like I, that.
1: I, I think it was down the road from the Nightmare, Nightmare on oh, Elm, Elm Street House. That's cool. Or at least some of the shots were. I know they, they filmed somewhere that was just down the road, I think on the same street mm. as the Nightmare on Elm Street
0: House. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, and, and he's like, we did as much as we could to make it look like it was... Actually in Illinois and not in California. And he's he's like, yeah, you can see some palm trees. But we just thought, (laughs) oh, what the hell? It's a cheap film. No one's going to care. I mean, I I
1: didn't know there were palm trees in
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And even when like um, the maple leaves, the dead maple leaves are like falling, that was just like bags of dead leaves they dropped (laughs) in front of a fan. And because they'll pour after each cut, they had to like rake them up again and put them back in the same bag to reuse them. Uh, Which is pretty funny. Full nude of Michael's sister getting stabbed. Wow. Pretty wild. She
1: has she has underwear on at least, I believe. Well, yeah.
0: And yeah. I mean, there's no... Because there's no swearing and almost no blood.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just nothing... Well, I mean, it was still before the days of PG-13. So yeah. this would have been R, It right? was R, yeah. Yeah. So nudity and supernatural... Not supernatural, sorry. Just scary things. Yeah. It's just all suspense. Also, how quickly did that man have sex? It was like a minute. A solid minute from when they say goodnight. Like not good night, but like, oh, we're going upstairs to do it. I just assumed and then, they hadn't yet. No, he's putting his shirt back on. Oh. Yeah, rough. I mean, you that know. That poor I, dude. I don't want to judge him or anything. No, the poor woman. <laughs> poor woman. Because <laughs> later That's, in the movie as yeah. well, when the other couple has sex, it's like, oh, yep. There's a, a sex scene and it lasts for about 30 seconds and then yeah. they're done. And, and then she's like, oh, that was the best sex ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you sure, that honey? That is pretty funny. Are you okay?
0: Yeah. And it's just found the time to just start brushing her hair and like, <laughs> thinks nothing of it. Wild. And then the rest of the film set in 1978. When it's uh, in present day, like oh, time of filming, mm-hmm. it's... it's um What's Donald Pleasant's character's name? Loomis. It's Dr. Loomis and like the nurse driving. And when they're like driving through the rain, this isolated road on a stormy night, like that shot of when you've got like the... Escaped convicts like just like milling about in gowns. Mm. That's fucking eerie. Oh, yeah. It's that's, just a creepy that's shot. That's probably the creepiest shot because yeah. can like, you imagine if you were in that position? I would put it in reverse. <laughs> yes, I would not exactly. be there. Exactly. It's terrifying. Yeah. Because, like, you find a, a prison bus on its side and these fucking six and a half foot <laughs> brain dead <laughs> like people are rolling around. That'd be. I think it's just the, the concept
1: of, of like because I mean darkness is scary and then. It's raining too, and then through the darkness, you start seeing some people. And yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know how many there are, I don't know how crazy there are.
0: Mm. But yeah, I, I think that was just one of the, the creepiest moments I think in this film. It is, it's so whack what follows, though, because so Michael climbs onto the roof. Yes, she winds down the window to Correct. poke her head out, and then is surprised when she gets grabbed. And I love when she's on the other side and he smashes the window you can see like a wrench down (laughs) his sleeve. It's so funny. Um, I'm guessing the glass was just too tough to break with like the ball of his hand. Well, yeah. And because they were so fucking... Because I don't know if they were using like, you know, um, that like sugar glass that Mm -hmm. they use for bottles to break over heads and shit. Yeah. I don't know if it was that and it just wasn't working. It's it's hilarious that that is like left (laughs) in a film like this. I mean, I know the budget was so small, but I just love that... People overlook that Mm -hmm. for just like how artful the rest of the film is, Um, which is pretty funny. And yeah, Michael knows how to drive because even when um, Loomis is like arguing with that other guy about it, the other building, he's like, I don't know, maybe someone around gave him lessons. (laughs) I didn't know if that was like meant to like plant a seed in the viewer's mind that like maybe someone actually was, or whether that was just him like offhandedly making a. I would. I would
1: assume it's to like John Carpenter has it in the script. Right, well, he's got to get away. He's got to get to Haddonfield. All right, he steals the car. Mm. Someone's like, oh, but how does he know how to drive? And like, "Yeah, I don't know, we'll, we'll just put a line in later. It's fine. <laughs> just like fucking bunny hops off <laughs> in the distance <laughs> while they're watching. Maybe it's an auto. You know, anyone could drive an auto. Yeah, that's true. You know, you have an auto license. You yes. To out you on here. But that's you know.
0: correct. That's correct. And a third of the film is pretty much just Michael stalking Laurie mm-hmm. in that car. Yeah, well, with sh-
1: some of the some of the best looking like long panning shots in yeah, most man. horror movies. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah, and a lot of those ones where he's just kind of in the background of a static shot mm. with like a another character in the foreground, just kind of moving or, or parking side of the road or standing back watching someone you know walk down the footpath. Oh yeah, that that scene where
1: he walks out of the house after her.
0: Oh, watching her watching walk her off. walk down the path, and it's yeah. like a
1: two minute shot. Yeah, and it just follows yeah. her. I've I, I got like, it was that song. long, and yeah. I love that
0: she's singing. Um, what did she say? I wish I had you all alone. Just yeah, the two of us. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. And you just hear the steady breathing and it's like a, yeah, a really long handheld shot, which was cool. And I'm pretty sure they, um, I can't remember what it's called. I want to say a, a Panaglide. It wasn't a steady cam. Mm, yeah. But it was like a variation of, um, and like pretty wide aspect ratio. It looks like um, 2.39 to one, which um, is a carpenter signature by now. But like that, a film using that and like the smooth handheld technique is very unusual um and i think became like part of his signature style as i said sure um and uh that like hedge scene when it's when laurie's walking with annie and he like ducks behind the hedge mm-hmm. like swiftly steps aside and then it's not long after like when annie walks up and i don't know it was kind of chilling
1: i mean does michael teleport does think, he does he go invisible?
0: I think it's like the stranger's theory where they stand still watching you and then as soon as you turn your head, they just sprint off in another direction. Oh, oh, but I. there's
1: the scene where Laurie's in her house, looks outside, sees Michael. The camera looks at Laurie, but Laurie's looking out the fucking window and then the camera goes back to her and he's gone. So I, yeah, it, okay. it's either lying to us or she watched him just stand there and then run away. That
0: That is... <laughs> That's another thing that I found a little cringe watching (laughs) this was because I thought from memory, she like was in the bedroom, looked out the window, saw him standing there in the sheets outside, and then she like is taken aback. Hmm. And when she like steps back and then comes back to the window, he's gone. But no, it's straight up switching between... Looking at her then her POV and then he's just gone. So yeah. she's just watched him disappear. I mean, yeah,
1: I like to think that she is just like she just watches him. He's staring at her and then he just walks away. Like Yeah. Like, yeah, I away. think that's
0: what it's implying. And then it's just um sort of wondering why he was in her backyard. And there's a couple shots of her like just staring out windows. I, I like when she's in, in class. Mm-hmm. That's he- a that's a classic one. Cause Yeah.
1: There's also the one Oh, because they they like sort of pay homage to that in the in the recall one Mm. where she looks outside and it's Laurie standing there, right?
0: Yeah, I liked that. Um, And what's cool in in this one, when she's like looking out and he's across the road by the car, is you can hear like um, voiceover of like the teacher talking about like fate catching up to a character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like that knowing that in the sequel, they're going to write it that they're siblings. So it's like in a way his mission is to track her down and kill her, which I know in this film, we've just kind of agreed that, we like it more so that he's determined to kill her throughout this film because she's the one that got away. Sure. But having that line, it's like fate catching up to him. It kind of would not make uh, that story arc in to make a bit more sense. Well, I mean, if he had, if he wrote both of them, then I would
1: assume maybe he had some sort of ideas mm. planted in the original. But I don't know. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it far could just be happenstance. But yeah, little things like that I like. Um, and it's cool that Laurie and Tommy are watching. Uh, what's it called? The, not the thing from outer the space. Th- the thing from another world. The thing from another world. Yeah, which Carpenter would go on to <laughs> adapt himself. Yeah. So he's obviously a big fan. We've also always said on this pod, like we love when they do that in classic horrors. There'll be like a scene where a characters watching an old horror movie, or mm-hmm. there's like posters on a wall of an old horror. Always nice. Tip the hat to the legends that came before us.
1: Well, it's usually nice. I think in Evil Dead, Sam Raimi used it. Like his intent was uh, to say that, hey, this is a scarier movie than that.
0: Was it Hills Have Eyes? In Evil yeah, Dead? like
1: the, the Hills Have Eyes poster was like ripped up, and he was his view of it was like, oh, we're we're saying this this tears you know that one That's to pieces. Funny.
0: You know what else is a really sick scene that uh, again is just just suspense. Like there's there's no real jump scares. In I can think this. of
1: this one. Okay, when, when the chicks in the car just before, like when Michael gets in the car and he starts leaning on the horn. Oh, there's like prob- that, I'd call that a jump scare. You could It's a well done jump scare. Because say- it's like a whole couple of scenes of suspense beforehand. And then she this- gets in the car and then he jumps out from the back seat. That's a jump scare.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is what I like most about that... Well, two things. is That jump is pretty sick. That's like when I was saying he can be in one spot for ages and then just suddenly strike. Mm-hmm. But like, Laurie goes upstairs and discovers yeah. like the dead friends. Like, there's like yep. scare after scare there as well. Um, and you know when he's like... He's in the shadows yeah, and just comes slowly out comes forward. Oh, I fucking love that, dude. But um, in this scene that you're talking about with Annie in the car, how smart is it that um, she goes to go in there, um, door's locked, goes, gets the keys, comes back, and then there's like the condensation? Yeah. Like, I would not have thought of that, man. Um, and something that I uh, watched in an interview with, uh, I don't know if it was Carpenter or someone else, a member of the crew, was what they tried to do in those kind of scenes was drag the viewer's eyes to the right and then scare him on the left. Oh, yeah! Because she kind of leans forward to wipe the windscreen and then he sits up from the back. It's just, oh, so nicely done. Um, And even when she's... They're good. They're the creative jump scares. Not just
1: out of nowhere, jump, loud noise, blah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Like orchestrating this scene to draw the viewer's eye to then get them in a different Mm. area.
0: It's also funny that she doesn't kind of realise that when she does eventually go back to get the keys and comes back, She doesn't need the keys to open the door. She's got the keys in her hand, but she just opens it. Like, it's unlocked now. Sure. Like, surely you would have been like, oh, that's odd. That was locked a minute ago.
1: So then how'd Michael get in the car?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she needed the keys to actually drive the car and it was unlocked the whole time. Yeah, probably. I can't remember. Before that, though, when she's on the phone uh, to her boyfriend and she's, like, pacing Mm -hmm. in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. you can, like, see him appear in the doorway and then... As the camera pans, he's gone. Like, those kind of background scares are sick. Oh, we always love them. Very, like, Strangers-esque.
1: Like, like, he could kill them at any time, Mm. but he's just kind of watching them for a bit.
0: Yeah, and what I like, probably more so than the Strangers, um, is that he doesn't really taunt them. He just watches Mm -hmm. without them knowing. Yeah. Which is... It's not like
1: he's... wow. I was going to say it's not like he's doing it for his enjoyment, but we don't know why he's doing it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like stalks his prey. How about when he kills Bob and it's that famous, like, stabbed at the door scene? That has got to be
1: one of the most iconic, like, slasher kills in history. Yeah, man. I think...
0: That makes zero sense physically,
1: but, you know, it's still a
0: very cool kill. I think it's been done in, like, other horrors. Um, And I think that moment when he stabs him and then he just kind of, like, takes a moment to, like, tilt his head and, Mm -hmm. like study it like he's admiring his work that's got to be like one of my favourite shots in this whole film because it just lingers on that like tilting his head from side to side
1: mine's like, just after that when he goes upstairs wearing the sheet as a ghost oh, and got dude. the glasses I, I love that um,
0: you've got that Wes Craven like humour but like before uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Carpenter definitely tried to um, have a bit of fun with it knowing like how limited they were with their budget I think I've said this in another episode where it's like when a film when you're trying to make a horror and you don't have a big budget, if you take it seriously, it's not going to work. But if you <laughs> have fun with it and you have like moments of humor, people can get on board. But yeah, so good. And obviously, Bob drops the classic. I'll be right back. Oh yeah, I mean, never works. Well, you know, there's a reason. That's why we use it. <laughs> there's a reason we use it. Yeah, um, and I think the Cause, direction because one day we won't be. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we won't. There will we, be won't, no we won't announce episode. that we'll end
1: the ed- end the podcast. Like, mm. we'll just... That'll be it. it will just be
0: gone. We'll just blue ball him at 99. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the only direction that Carpenter gave Newcastle in that moment was... What we, he just said to tilt his head like he's studying a butterfly collection.
1: Okay. And that's sort of become like an iconic... Like, he, he does that a number of times throughout the rest of the franchise, right? Yeah. The, the classic head tilt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't speak, that just kind of becomes his thing like um like an H2O I guess when he sees Laurie again through like that little porthole looking window and so they find Judith Meyer's headstone dug up and then it's placed above Annie's corpse on the bed. Yep. Did you find that kind of comical or did you find that like to be cool and badass? I don't
1: I definitely didn't think it was cool and badass. I don't know. If that, that's a bit weird. I don't know what to make of it
0: at all. Cuz I don't know if he was doing that as like a laugh, like when he does the fucking sheet with the aisles and the glasses. Maybe I don't know, like he, he whether it was to like get Because it's just Laurie. a
1: headstone. He doesn't dig up her body, right? Like just gets the gravestone, and may, I don't know it's just his way of announcing that he's back. He's gonna yeah. kill more babysitters. I don't know. Cause, I don't know
0: because that could also like maybe allude to the fact that he's got an underlying motivation of wanting to kill teenage sister? promiscuous
1: teenage girls yeah white like, and boys.
0: like I know in this film it's likely that uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill did not intend for Michael and Laurie to be related but that's another instance where it could have that make a bit more sense in the sequel mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think but um yeah strange let me just like drive a stolen car from one side of fucking Haddonfield or Illinois to the other and then Planted like where's he <laughs> had it this whole time? When in he's the like, boot of the car. Oh, yeah, possibly. Just planted on a bed of a dead friend. Yeah, um right. and what's also funny in this reveal is when, you know, the Bob's corpse like swings down, but then the door just like opens on its own to reveal <laughs> Linda's dead body in the closet. <laughs> yeah. It's it, kind of funny.
1: It it's uh, one of the, one of the first instances, and like I said before, with like setting up trends for Later slashes of like the final girl circuit of like yeah you've got the yeah. last one left alive that then runs throughout the house and finds all the dead bodies yeah
0: true because this was in this because yeah, this no was guy. before um Friday the Thirteenth yeah it was before Friday the Thirteenth Fortnite on Elm Street and I mean the only one I can kind of think of before Halloween that sort of um, succumbed to that horror franchise trend is Texas Chainsaw Massacre in seventy four. Mm-hmm. But, like, even then, wasn't it, like, over 10 years between that and the sequel? So, really, Halloween kind of kicked it off, Mm -hmm. which was pretty sick, and uh, it almost didn't happen. And, yeah, so that's when um, Michael emerges from that big, dark, empty space, which you can kind of see coming, but it's just (laughs) sick how it's not sudden. Yeah. Apparently, they used a dimmer on the light, and they just had, like, spotted on his face and just, yeah, slowly brought it up. Um, because he doesn't kind of like lean forward; it's just, just comes up on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like, she's standing perfectly still, goes to stab with a knife, and just like slits the sleeve, and then again when she's sitting still on the couch, and he fucking misses, stabs yeah, it, the cushion. It,
1: it definitely she's got plot armor there. He he's very effective killing all the other people, but yeah. when it's the main character, well, hold on now—he's a fucking stormtrooper.
0: Yeah, hides in the back seat of a car, lunges forward, <laughs> fucking slits her throat, and then. Uh, what does he he strangles Linda with like telephone telephone cord? cord yeah, um, yeah, and then Laurie standing still in front of him twice and he misses. So funny. Um, I will say though the scene when she's hiding in the closet and you're like bust through and he's like scrambling for her, That's mm-hmm. terrifying. Oh yeah, it's just such well, a, because there's no escape. <laughs> yeah, it's such a tight space, and um, I think in that scene it's not Nick Castle as the shame it was um oh, okay. one of the other crew members just purely because they only had one fake door and <laughs> this guy uh attained it and he's like if we fuck this up I don't want it to be your fault Fair so let enough. me be the guy to like bust in and yeah. scrounge around
1: I mean luckily they had a metal coat hanger that nowadays we've got all plastic coat hangers so I'd be fucked I yeah mean, I also don't have a
0: closet but pretty smart though <laughs> yeah like untwist and pokes him in the eye there's this hilarious moment in, I want to say Halloween 2, where um, she's got a gun and Michael's approaching her and she shoots him in the eye holes. <laughs> just two clean shots and then you just see the blood running down the mask. It's so cringe. So he keeps missing her and every time she like momentarily defeats him, she drops the knife. Yeah. She's well, like trembling, drops it on the ground and walks off. Well,
1: A the movie's got to continue somehow. Yeah. And B, she's a scared teenage girl and she thinks she's just killed him. Like, mm. if you think you've just killed someone in real life, if you haven't watched a myriad of horror movies, then you're not going to think, oh, well, let me just make sure and stab the, d- stab, stab the guy again. stab tap the dude. Some people find it hard enough to stab someone the first time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, because, yeah, that's right. She, like, stabs him in the eye and then again with, like, the knife in the stomach or, or something. Mm. When... He uh, breaks into the closet and um, I mentioned before like when she's uh, she gets out uh, I think the back and runs around the front. You know what's really terrifying as well off the back of that closet scene is when she shuts the door and she's trying to get out the back way through the kitchen or something and he just like punches through the door and he's like frantically like scrambling (laughs) around for the handle like that's really fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, Just seeing this like six and a half foot dude like punch through a door to like come after you. Yeah. and I like when she runs around to the neighbours and they just uh like peer through the blinds, close them and turn the lights off. Do you think it's just cause they suspect it's like a prank and she's just being uh, Halloween?
1: I mean, maybe. I've never considered it that way. I thought it was just like too heavy handed of a of like a theme of oh, people are unwilling to help those in need. Okay. But I mean okay. there is or there's also like the Samaritan effect yeah. that takes place all see, the time.
0: See, I would argue that I think Well, I don't know about American society, but I would think people would have been more willing to help in the late 70s if, like, a random in your street needed assistance than now. Well, I don't know. Oh,
1: then now, yeah, sure.
0: Like, even now, we don't talk to people in an elevator. Oh, yeah, of course. Just rather ride in silence and scroll my phone.
1: (laughs) I used to go to uni with a chick who we'd step in the elevator, like, between classes, Mm. and there'd be randoms in there, and she'd just start... Like saying something to him, like, what the fuck are oh, you doing? No.
0: Yeah, it's like when you're at a bus stop or and someone starts a conversation. It's like, please yeah, don't.
1: I just, I don't want to talk to you. You don't want to talk to me. Let's not pretend. Okay? I've got noise cancelling I hate, I and hate headphones small for talk.
0: Reason. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. It's so. On, huh? <laughs> uh, and then you get that iconic ending where um, Loomis appears all of a sudden because he's been stalking the neighborhood around the Myers house thinking that um, Michael will wind up back there and um, appears at the top of the stairs and shoots him out the window and glances down the body's gone And you get that music starting up again apparently he asked John he's like there's two ways I can play this I can look down see the body's gone and I can be like oh my god and sort of frantically look around or I can like calmly look up and have an expression that says, you know, I knew this would happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they shot both, went with that one, and that's definitely the one that works. Oh, for sure.
1: Well, because this is a man that the whole movie, he's convinced that Michael's
0: pure evil. And this is just just
1: confirmation. He's like, Mm -hmm. yep, I was right. He's more than human. He's a fucking evil entity.
0: Because they even try to play it in, like, the new trilogy that, like, each time he kills, he kind of, like, transcends this, like, natural sort of well don't they sense of being Don't they
1: sort of touch on that in like some of the sequels where like he was part of a cult or there is a cult and well, like Sam Samhain or whatever know. it was called it's like there's like a ritual where you kill everyone in your family so you're the last surviving member
0: and you gain power and uh potentially something along those lines potentially they might have touched on that on in yeah. 2 even I don't know yeah can't remember
1: but yeah it's 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 it there's definitely this man is not real. Like, he's, not, been...
0: he's real, but he's not uh,
1: He's not a man. He's no mortal man.
0: Because In Halloween, at least, the OG one, he gets, what, stabbed maybe three, four times and shot, like, five times? Because uh... he fairly unloads on him. Yeah. Well, he,
1: he, he shoots to the point that the gun runs out of ammo, but I don't know how many hit him. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, he's shot a lot and then still runs away. Yeah. So he's clearly fucking not mortal.
0: Yeah. And what I enjoy most is um, after that scene when he's just kind of like looking around out the window, you get this kind of montage of all these other spots that he's been in in the lead up to this final act. Um, And they're just empty spaces. And as it like uh, transitions through them, you can just hear like the steady breathing getting louder and louder in the background before the credits roll. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this open-ended... Sequence implying like these are all the places he's been, these are all the places he could be right now. Oh yeah, and it's just it's a real like unsettling finish yeah, to, to this to film.
1: Le- le- one of those leave the viewers with like, oh, he could be anywhere.
0: Yeah, he could be in that dark space in the wardrobe. He could be behind the couch. <laughs> he could be you know in the car in the garage still. I, I suppose
1: that's why they ended it the way they did with him. Like like there's no uh sense of relief at the end because mm. he runs away. There's no. Uh, what's the fucking word I'm trying to think of? There's no closure. There we go. There's no closure. He gets yeah. away. Yeah. He could be anywhere. That's right. That's but, right. But you know, in America.
0: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's not like Jaws where the thing fucking explodes or uh, mm. you know, scream where they're all stabbed. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. I just really like that. They do kind of like. It gets a bit on the nose as the franchise continues. <laughs> like when you look at fucking Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, where. The character can be like obliterated and then still finds a way to come back. Well, in the th- next those line. are
1: all fine because they're supernatural. Well, Freddy's a supernatural being, so he it's written into him that he can come back. Mm, true. Jason eventually becomes supernatural, so mm. whatever, cool. Uh, but Michael Myers has pretty much remained a mortal man with mm. maybe a little bit of hints that he's something more. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of <laughs> suspension of disbelief that if you're trying to say this man is is pure mortal. Yeah. For, for this amount of near-death experiences
0: I mean, if you look at it as just being A very built, tall, angry evil man Like, you can believe that he can get stabbed and shot a couple times And keep coming, I think, in this film Like, I don't Keep coming, sure But
1: not then, live
0: And then fall out of two-story window and, um, I don't know, that's
1: why I like Scream so much Because it's they just change killers every time
0: Yeah, it's I mean It's built into it the concept as a whole is quite believable, like just a guy going on like a killing rampage. Oh, for sure. Like it happens. And I'll give it this, like it was a very tight budget. Um, <laughs> John Carpenter is a very talented man, a very creative eye, but it, there's a lot of problems. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of problems, a lot of continuity errors in this film.
1: This is this is one of your top fives. This is not in anywhere near my top 10. <laughs> I... <laughs> I was very late to the to the party with this one. You okay. you show, uh, the first time I saw it was with you a couple of years ago, like yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. So in terms of Unstoppable Hulking Killer, I like Jason more, mm. and in terms of John Carpenter movies, I like the thing more. So it's really got nothing for me. <laughs> I can appreciate it's... I can appreciate it for its like historical standing of being one of the first popular slashes, mm. but in terms of my enjoyment of the movie,
0: not so much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's. Yeah, there's, there's continuity errors, It's there's like some dated scares, like, apart from, I guess, the f- yeah, the final circuit, they're not really meant to be jump scares, they're kind of just like slow builds of tension. Um, I'll say, tension. It, it
1: builds suspense and tension a lot better than a lot of the other Slashers. Mm. Uh, but I also just like blood. I like bloody yeah. kills. This doesn't have any bloody kills. Yeah, that's fair.
0: There's no gore, it's just sort of timeless cinematography, which... Like I said at the start, kind of made it this stylish slasher, which was like a new thing at Mm -hmm. the time. Like, this is coming up, you know, four years after fucking Texas Chainsaw, for God's sake. So. Well,
1: I think he also didn't want to make it. Because what was that other movie you said he made beforehand? Something about...
0: Oh, Assault on Precinct 13. There
1: you go. I think he said he didn't want to make it as gory as that. Mm. So he went the other direction.
0: Yeah. Like I said... Kickstarted a hell of a franchise. I think I had seven sequels and two reboots, if you want to le- count.
1: That was the least confident you've
0: ever said about anything. If you, Well, okay. I wrote down seven sequels, but okay. that that's if you count like Rob Zombies 2 and David Gordon Green's 3 as their own entities, mm-hmm. there's seven sequels. Okay. So um, what have you seen in this
1: saga? I've seen one, some of three, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, season of the witch. Season of the witch, yeah. Yeah. And then wasn't it Rob Zombie's first one and then the New Trilogy. Okay. I've not cared to watch any of the rest.
0: You know what, that's pretty respectable. They're probably the good ones, <laughs> okay. I would say, cuz like, I've seen I've seen the first three H2O uh Rob Zombie's first one and then the Dave Gordon Green trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say like the OG one and David Gordon Green's first two are probably my favorites.
1: Which one has Busta Rhymes? Because that's the one, I oh, dude. I, actually I think that's watch. fucking Resurrection. Resurrection. It's like there a, we go. It's like a reality TV. Because yeah. I know, set. I, I know enough about the franchise. I yeah. For, for, for horror movies, I don't ever want to watch. I just go in depth and read about them online and watch videos about them. And so I know all the lore mm. and the stories and stuff. Well,
0: it's kind of interesting in this saga because. There's a lot of, like, divergence. Like, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, has nothing to do with Michael Myers or the first Halloween film.
1: Yeah. Well, because I read the plan with that was they wanted it to be an anthology. Well, not an anthology, but, like, they wanted to change the killer every time, and they just wanted yeah. to use Halloween as, like, the background of, hey, something happens on Halloween, let's tell different stories. Yeah, okay. And then the fans were like, no, this is shit, we want Michael fucking Myers. Yeah, yeah. And so they just had to fall into the trap to please the fans.
0: I mean, if you look at that outside of this franchise, it's a really good film. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, yeah. given that I like was going into it knowing that it had nothing to do with previous plot points or any that followed. The only people that don't like it are the like
1: Michael Myers fans. Yeah. But if you watch Halloween, not for Michael Myers, I'm sure you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's sick. And another weird thing in this saga is, like we mentioned, that the new trilogy kind of retcons the whole thing to have it the 2018 Halloween is a direct sequel to the OG one from 78. But Michael full on gets decapitated by Laurie in H two O, yeah, and then he's back. And yeah. I think do you know why or well, how? Because I, I do,
1: and it's, I know it's how
0: they tie it in and. <laughs> I honestly don't think it's a bad idea. I just think it's shit that they kept going. It's stupid. It's Be- stupid, yeah, but...
1: Because I think the only reason Laurie or oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis agreed to come back is because it was the final and they're finally going to kill Michael Myers. Yeah. So they did okay. that. They shot it, came out with a movie, and then later like they went back and they're like, oh, you know what? We want to keep going. Mm. So then they added in some shitty scene where... no. He swapped. He swapped clothes. Swapped for the clothes. Put or the something. mask on someone else, and yeah. so that's who Laurie actually decapitated.
0: Because that could kind of I can see that working because like in that final shot, he's like crushed against a fucking tree or something by this ambulance or this van, and he's like reaching out to her, and that's when she cuts herself with a fire axe. So like, like Michael Myers probably wouldn't reach out to her. So I can see that. Yeah, but it's but it's still just a it's stupid. fucking stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, it ended. still sucks. Um. I also read recently, um, like I want to say last week, that Miramax just bought the TV rights um, no. to Halloween. So no. there could potentially be a series no. or TV Let spin-off or die. something. Yeah, yeah I, I know. It. Too many people have had a hand in it. Just, it's, it's had its run.
1: Has there ever been a good horror movie TV show based on a movie? That's a long pause <laughs> and that says as much as I
0: need. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, he hasn't got a space yet. They could take the Jason extra out. He also hasn't gone back to the hood. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this film, dude. I know it's not uh, not even in your top 10, but as um, one of the classics, we, we had to cover it sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And um, we figured coming up to Halloween, what, what better time to do it? Yeah. So uh, it's another one off of our top fives. Yeah. Keen to start uh, digging through some of the others. Hey, we've got a couple more coming up. Unlock some core memories from core when I was a kid.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, some horrible memories.
0: Some terrifying. That's pretty much all I have uh, to say with this one. Is there a shot in this that you'd you'd frame, Chuck in the Dead House?
1: Uh, it'd be the one that you said before with him, obviously, the iconic stuck in a wall and he's looking at it, held, Ooh, his head tilted.
0: It's, it's not going to be the sheet with
1: the eye holes. I was thinking about it. I honestly <laughs> was, but no, no. Nice. Can't have a comedy shot in the in the Dead House. Nice. Did you watch any movies on Friday the 13th? I forgot to ask you at the start because we had Friday oh, the 13th come yeah, up like last, last week. Yeah, like last week or yeah. something.
0: Um... I didn't, but I think I was just reading and then um, came out to grab a drink before I went to bed and um, like on TV, they, they were playing the OG Friday oh, 13th, yeah. which is nice. Nice. You but, fucking um, nerd. No. What about you?
1: You got Watch what? Halloween Town? <laughs> Halloween Town? Halloween how Town? Is one and two. You haven't heard of Halloween Town? No. It's, was, is this a Disney movie? It's a Disney movie. Right. It's horrible. It's like a, one of those childhood Disney movies where there's a town of witches and no. Halloween monsters, yeah, all the all the monsters from Halloween live in a town. I see. This sounds you'd, like you'd, you wouldn't enjoy it. No. It's not good.
0: This kind of sounds like that like shitty Jack Black Goosebumps film, but without like the <laughs> fact that they were summoned. I mean, yeah. By the way, I saw there's a new Goosebumps show coming to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I it actually was good. I actually want to see it. I want to give oh, it a shot.
1: You, I thought you said it was good. It looks no, good? the trailer.
0: The trailer looks good. Okay, because yeah. I think it's is it out yet? Yeah. It's oh, it out, is? apparently. Oh, you'll have to at least watch the first episode and let me know if it's worth. Maybe. Like, I-, I've I might got a- get a Disney trial. I've got watch a lot
1: it. of things to ca- I'm trying to get through Star Wars Rebels so I can watch Ahsoka, and <sighs> I'm falling
0: behind. I still haven't finished Talking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, and i got to watch The Last of Us. Oh, I man. also need to watch The Last of Us. I need yeah. to watch
1: so many things.
0: Yeah. Isn't it funny? Like, with full-time work and then needing to watch at least a movie a week to record The Pod in a weekend, mm-hmm. we just... Don't have time to for other films, for other shows.
1: Plus, I have many other things to do during the week. Oh,
0: the first episode of this new Goosebumps Season 1 Alex is showing me is Say Cheese and Die. All right. So, I mean, if you don't enjoy I the mean, first episode, I won't give it a shot. But. 47 minutes. Is it rated M? M-A-R? X? M. Oh, Ooh, okay. okay. I mean, it's better than PG. Yeah. This is a bloody tangent of an out show. Are we
1: going to end the episode now, perhaps?
0: Real quick on the note of Goosebumps. <laughs> While I was sick, I also read another Goosebumps uh, from the new collection. I read um, A Night in Terror Tower. I uh, what I what did I just say? A Night in Terror Tower. That's yeah. what it's called, right? Yeah, that's the guy with the axe. Yeah, yeah. See, I remember that iconic cover art, but I mustn't have ever read it because I read it. What's it about? And it sucked. I, don't... <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought it was shit. It's um, it's like a fantasy. As opposed to horror okay, novel? I mean, I'm in. Mean. You would enjoy Is it. Is it horror fantasy? Do you want me to give it away? Because it has it has a twist, like all Goosebumps novels. God, I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking 120 pages. Um, so essentially, it's these kids uh, on holiday in London with their parents. And while the parents are at some meeting, the kids go to a tour of this old castle. And while they're there, it's coming out of closing time. They're talking amongst themselves, turn around, the tour group's gone. And they're like, oh shit, we're going to get locked in here overnight. Anyway, that happens. And they start getting stalked through the corridors by the dude on the cover, like this Mm -hmm. big built executioner guy with the hood and the axe. And turns out they've time traveled back to like medieval times and they meet this old wizard and they discover (laughs) that they they did not actually have parents and go on holiday to London. He cast a spell to throw them a couple hundred years in the future in London. So... They would not be caught by the current king in the medieval time, who is their uncle, that wants them killed. Their prince and princess, this like 10 and 12 year old, he's ordered them to be held in the tower to be executed by this guy. The wizard was a friend of their parents who are no longer with us. So he cast a spell and threw them 200 years in the future. Why did you spoil that? I love that. That
1: sounds so good. That's... That sounds amazing. I
0: finished it and I was like, "What did I just
1: read?" That was a. I wasn't expecting that twist. That sounds neither great. was I. I. Love fantasy, it was time
0: travel. It wasn't very well written, if okay. I'm honest. But okay, that might let it. Down, I did I'm not excited. see that twist coming, but I also did not enjoy it, as you can probably tell. Okay, well, sorry for the it. listeners who want to ever read that. Joke. I don't think there's any.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway, can we now end the episode? Yes, let's wrap things up. It's yes.
0: uh, what is it? Eight thirty on a Wednesday evening. We've uh, all got work in the morning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. We are getting old. (laughs) Our knees are creaking.
1: Yes. So let's do the old outro, hey? Let's Mm -hmm. see if we can get it done without fucking it up.
0: No.au on the email address.
1: So you can catch us every Friday on your favorite streaming service at 5pm. You can catch us on any social media that is Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And we have a YouTube channel
0: now. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. Deadhouse Pod. And we have an email,
1: deadhousepod at dot (laughs) no.au.
0: Yes. Awesome.
1: I've done it. I've cleaned it up.
0: That's solid. Congrats. Yeah. By the way, if you want to swing over uh, to our YouTube channel, you can watch uh, the video highlights of the trivia episode. Yeah. Half an hour of uh, video content to go with episode 25 for your viewing Mm -hmm. pleasure. Yes.
1: We'll be right back.